Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. I'm Jeff Meyer, your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach. My goal with this podcast is to help you identify and clarify your own dream by taking wisdom from others' successes and challenges. If you're looking to take action on your dream, to make a difference doing something you love, but your fears are holding you back, then this podcast is for you. If you're interested in finding additional support, you can also check out my Dream Accelerator coaching program designed to help realize your full potential and reshape your future. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator program at jeffmeyer.org. Using my Dream Accelerating formula, heart-centered entrepreneurs can focus on their dream, name their fears, change their mindset, define their next, and move forward anyway. Welcome back, fellow dreamers. It's so excited for me to be with you again in another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast. I am Jeff Meyer, your host, and today a special, special guest, Rockland Grace, is going to talk about her book, uh, what it's like to be an author. Rockland, why don't you introduce yourself to to the audience? Okay, uh, I'm Rockland Grace. I am a former writing and research design professor, and now I can say that I'm a writer and an author. It's been a goal I've had for many years. I live in the beautiful Rocky Mountains of Colorado. Um, I have a husband and two grown sons. Wow, that is awesome. So you said you've been wanting to, you've been thinking about being an author for quite a while. Can you take me back to the like the spark for you? When was the first recollection you had of, I want to write? Um, honestly, I uh, way back, uh, I started writing in sixth grade, had a great writing teacher in 10th grade, and then majored in English and writing and education um, as an undergraduate. And then at grad school, same thing, and became a writing professor but the, uh, the thing that happened, of course, then is for many years, I've had to focus on academic style writing um, and pieces of my heart wanted to write creatively. Um, but the, the time was challenging, of course, as that happens as you, you know, age and become an adult. Uh, but um, so it was way back, way back. And then Somewhere around 2015, I started feeling that pull and that tug really, really heavily. Um, I actually started having dreams about the main character of my book. Um, and was that I the first started, time was that the first time you were introduced to the main character? No, or had I, you had that introduction a while back. 1999, I actually started writing about my main character okay. and planning the book. Um, and then, of course, graduate school and all of that, it, you know, sort of uh, had to put that on the back burner. But in 2015, like I say, I suddenly started having dreams about him again and remembering that story, dug it out of my files and just started working on it again here and there, you know, hoping mm -hmm. that someday I'd finish this story. <laughs> why do you think it why do you think it took so long for you to really pursue this this dream? that it kept being put on the back burner to a point where it just kind of went into the subconscious. 
actually, yeah. right? And it didn't come back out until your subconscious allowed you to, to dream again about the lead character. Right. What took you so long? Um, well, you know, I think it's the, the probably the story that a lot of us have about our dreams. Life, um, having children, raising children. I educated my own children. Plus, I was working, you know, part-time as much as I could as, as a professor and um, teaching other people how to write <laughs> and how to right. do and design dissertations and all of that. And those things, you know, you just have a different uh, season of life. Mm. And um, so now I'm, it's like you come to a full circle. And so I'm back in this season where I, where, like you say, what was in my subconscious suddenly has come back and I can actually think about it in a serious way. And do something about it. Do something about the creativity that I've missed all these years, or that was just being used differently. You have to be creative when you're raising children, too. But mm -hmm. absolutely know. right. And <laughs> yeah. teaching students who are stuck and locked and not able to apply yes. what you're teaching them. Of course, you've used all those gifts. Yes. I love how you said uh, it's come full circle. Yes. I like to think about dreams that way. Like sometimes they get buried because we're living life. Mm -hmm. uh, we're making a living. We're mm -hmm. living someone else's dream. We're just mm -hmm. trying to make ends meet. Yes. And it's, it's a gracious gift to be given an opportunity to come back to that dream and to actually pursue it again. Um, what would you say to someone who's going, well, I'm too old. The time has passed. I should have done that. I should have done that 20 years ago. The time has passed, even though it's nagging at me to do it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, I would say you're never too old. <laughs> never too old. Go ahead. I mean, isn't it Grandma Moses who didn't start painting till she was in her 80s or something? Mm. <laughs> My parents had one of her paintings in our house growing up. Um, so, yes, I mean, it's never too late to get in there and try. Maybe you have to adjust your dream a little bit, but do it. Yeah. Um, people need your dream mm. and you need your dream. Your family needs your dream. <laughs> so um, academic writing, mm -hmm. training in the university for a number of years, was yeah. there anything in that experience of teaching that was beneficial in your, your writing fiction? And I'm going to show your book here in just a minute. I just got myself a copy. Um, and was there anything in there? Because you kind of talk about those two be, being two different styles of writing. But right. was there anything in there that was beneficial to you in getting this book published? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, of course, just learning the process of writing, because at, at its core, those things are the same, you know, drafting and revising and all of that. So the logistics of the actual process, there are some very much similarities there. But um, there was a time in grad school that truly touched my heart. And that is when we lived in Oklahoma and we were around, um, you know, many true uh, Native American people. Mm -hmm. uh, I had the express beautiful honor to work with the one of the chiefs of the Cherokee tribe and he was a classmate of mine and we wow. did 
Yes, <laughs> we did research together. Um, and he taught me a lot about speaking Cherokee and the beauty of the language and how he processed that and how tribal people process language and um, a lot of their philosophy of living in harmony and completeness. And uh, I just never forgot that. And it made a significant impact on me, especially this one little tidbit that he gave me as a language person an English language lover and how much I love the history of our language. He said uh, this, he said, there are many uh, tribal languages and that you cannot curse someone and you can't, there are no bad words for it. We can't do it. We can't speak a curse over someone. And that's the way it is with the Cherokee language. Hmm. There is no word. There are no curse words, you know, <laughs> and that really struck me. And he said one way that he always brings peace and rest to his mind and his heart is to go over his day and speak it in Cherokee back to himself. Wow. And I, yes, it, yeah. it touched my heart. And so that inspired me to create my character. Yeah. And so I think this is a good time to introduce the book. Uh, just an amazing cover. Um, and I happen to know what you went through to get this cover. <laughs> and uh, there were moments, there were moments of this cover, like you were so upset that you didn't have more options, uh, mm -hmm. that the designer you were working with didn't create more options for you. But I got to tell you, um, you got your cover. Right. Um, I remember. So what's my... the lesson in that? Right. What's the lesson in that? At the end of the day, you're writing one book and you need one cover. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You don't need 50 or 60. In fact, that can be overwhelming in case yes. of my book. It, yes. uh, trying to narrow it down was crazy. Mm -hmm. So that the, the book, for those of you who are listening and not watching, the book's title is Until I Am Dust by Rockland Grace, R-O-C-K-L-Y-N. It's available on Amazon and all the other places where you want to get your book. Uh, just an amazing, amazing cover. I think uh, the designer did a fantastic job of, um, if you're watching this, you can see the, the full picture, you know, when you open the book up. Um, so uh, just recently, you held this book in your hand mm -hmm. for the first time. Yeah. Um, describe <laughs> what that feels like as a first time author. Well, it, you know, it's a mixture of total excitement. It's a total high you know because finally yeah. you know finally all those words came together into yeah a story yeah and then there's that other side where you're going oh no <laughs> oh, oh no now i've got to figure out how to sell it <laughs> uh -huh. and that's just the other logistical side to the coin now you have it now you need to sell it you know, and figuring that out. And, you know, when you walk down the self-publishing, you know, path and, and it's a glorious path. What a wonderful opportunity Man. that I'm not spending 10 years trying to submit a manuscript to yes. Yes. You know, somebody who finally says, oh, that is a pretty good story. Mm -hmm. um, I can do it myself. That's fantastic. What a, what a beautiful place we live in right now in technology. But it also comes with its challenges because as the publisher myself I have to figure all of that out that's right that's 
Oh, and there's so many details in getting it up on Amazon, picking yeah. keywords and um, <laughs> yeah, <is>. and yeah. <laughs> getting the right cover design and the right interior design. And, and yeah. then that's just the publishing side. Now it doesn't just sell itself. You know, you're, yeah. you're going to be forever pushing and trying to help people in this very noisy world uh, hear your voice and sell your books. Um, And that's an ongoing challenge in this world. Um, So why this story? Why, why are you writing fiction to begin with? What's tell me about your why? What motivates you to do this? And by the way, uh, if you're looking at the bottom, it says the remnant chronicles book one. This is only book one of a number of books in this series. So you're not just publishing one book. You're going to be writing and creating all kinds of things. Why do you create? Oh, my gosh. Um, Why? Because I can't help myself. That's one of them. (laughs) Uh, The other thing is, is that um, in in the genre of, of Christian readers or literature, Mm -hmm. books that are classified that way. Um, I feel like I noticed a gap. And that was that a lot of the current, uh, very Christian writers, a lot of their characters that are Christians, don't ever show or deal with their own um, problems and sin and, and doubts and all those things, right? that we know are very real. And every Christian I know, every pastor I know, every Christian leader I know, they still have some sin or two or three or who knows how many, God, right? Mm-hmm. They they deal with these things. And, and yet they're still able to minister, love people beyond their sin, and, and still bring about a beautiful grace and forgiveness and healing. Mm. And so I felt like there needed to be characters who are believers who still suffer, but are also still able to heal and love other people. One, I want you guys who are listening, I want you to pick up on that. The um, Sometimes the source of a dream, because um, I've had a lot of you say to me, well, I, may, I don't have a dream. What would my dream be? Sometimes the source of your dream is in the gap. It's it's something that's missing in a discipline or in a an area of thought that you know you have a heart for it and you have a voice to offer in it. So pay attention to the gaps. Um, there there are no truly original dream pursuits when you think about it. I mean, the I, I like to say this as a Christian leader, the last original idea was the cross. And uh, we've been like copying some version of of that gift. Um, But you bring the unique aspect to maybe something that's already been done. So for Rockland Grace, uh, there are all kinds of fiction authors. And there's all kinds of Christian fiction authors. But Mm -hmm. she noticed a gap that was missing in vulnerability and realness um, in open loops in the story. Um, It's not always tied up with a nice neat bow, right? And so she wanted to take advantage of that gap and create characters 
that help people see that the Christian walk is is a blessed walk, but it's also a challenging walk um, because we're all human beings, right? And so pay attention to the gap. So I want to talk a little bit about Soaring Eagle. Okay. Okay, so tell me why this character, why is he so important to you? Oh, gosh. Um, well, he's he's inspired by my husband a little bit. My husband okay. has green eyes. Sorry, Neil. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, I also had dreams. So I felt like um, I felt like Soaring Eagle, his his image and the person, the man that he is. I felt like that came from from the dreams that I believe God gave me and how mm. to make him. Now you're talking about you're talking about literal dreams while you're sleeping. Yes. <laughs> a story, a storyboard was created. A character was created and given to you to share. Yeah. And you believe it was given to you to share with the world. I do. I do. And I, I realize that's unusual probably for a lot of people, but you know, I, I would wake up in the middle of the night and have to come down and write mm -hmm. because of how vivid the dreams were and the type of man he was. So he's important to me because again, he's this um, imperfect, challenged young man who finds a way to make good things happen mm. and help bring healing to other people. Um, he also is operating in a bit of a scatteredness um, where, where his family is literally scattered and he wants his family brought to him like like the remnant you know and uh so uh he begins to look at how how that can happen and that's important to me because uh we have believers scattered all over the world and are we connecting with them or not and and then there are people who are almost believers right and are we are we reaching the almost the people who are asking the questions, singing the questions, writing and poetry about questioning all of this? And, and there have to be other believers and artists who can reach out and pull them in. And Soaring Eagle's like that. He makes this effort to pull people towards him. Mm. Um, to give them a safe place mm -hmm. to explore the questions, to wrestle with truth and how it expresses itself in life and wow yeah. that's that's fascinating um this book is not my first thought uh, when you talked to me about this book it was it's historical fiction it's not historical fiction is it no but there it takes place in the future right yes <laughs> it's more a dystopian genre of yes. fiction is that that's accurate yes that's accurate wow that's really cool um, what, what problem are you solving in the world with your dream of not just this book, but your dream of, cause you've got so many ideas for books in your head. You're not in your head. You're also doing it, but you've got a book of poetry that you're working on. You want to, you have this desire to connect with artists and creatives and kind of like the book provide a space for them to come together and not feel isolated. You're part of our dream accelerator community, mm -hmm. right? And uh, you add value to that community as well for other dreamers. So 
maybe I already answered my question, but what is what is the problem you're solving with the work you're doing? Well, again, that writing gap, um, but also, yes, I have a strong desire and I've always had a strong desire to partner with people and and make a project happen. Um, and it's, it's such a strong desire. And I will honestly say this for a long time, I thought there was something wrong with me because I wanted that partnership so badly. And there, I have lots of friends who are these super extroverts who just, you know, they'll just go and do and all of that. And I'm just not like that. I look for a partner. And I realized that was a gift too, that it was what I should be doing. And so, yes, I'm working on other books and ideas where I need a partner to bring the book into fruition. And the next book that I hope will be published is a work of poetry with um, another uh, friend of mine that I've met who uh, takes beautiful photos. And I have a whole section in that poetry collection too of photographs of people that I have written poetry for and you know they'll be showcased and hopefully uh, by pulling these things together, it, it creates a sense of community and kindness. Mm-hmm. The world always needs more kindness. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For you, know, sure. A place, you know, a place where people can, again, read um, poetic words that will give them some hope and some sense that, you know, we can re- reach across so many barriers and just be kind and love people. Mm. And there are people out in the world who are open to that. There are some who aren't, of course. I know that. I'm not totally, but there are plenty of people who just need to know that they are loved. And I hope this poetry book will do that and tell the story of of a friendship that. So this, this dream is way more than being motivated in you, way more than just uh, making money or making a living. Although um, that's nice and that's needed right too but there's a deeper calling in this venture of yours and that is uh well expressed with the words you just you just shared with us that's amazing so you decided uh 2015 the burn got pretty strong um the frustration with the current state of events in your life got to such a point that you needed to you needed to pursue uh, this and stop just thinking about it. You needed to stop overthinking and take action. What was the what was the spark that got you kind of over the hump to say, okay, I'm actually going to do this? Um, it was there are a couple. There are two sparks. One, I had another dream on February 26, 2019. Um, so listen to that. There's a, a date attached to it. Yeah. February 26, 2016. Okay. That was a big moment for you. 2019. Yes. 2019. Yeah. 2019. Yes, it was. Uh, That dream, I had a dream about someone and and it just shook me to my core because when I went and did research, because I didn't know this person, the things that I had dreamt were, were true. And again, I did not know this person, did not know that much about this person until I actually did the research. And mm-hmm. the words that came through the dream were words that this person said and used in interviews and different things um, in, in his own writing and things like that. And wow. so that kind of shook me a little bit to my core yeah. um, because that's when I realized there was a bigger change coming for me because that had not ever happened to me before. Mm-hmm. I knew so that there was um, that pull. And then um, I met you through a mutual friend, another writer. 
And uh, we did our um, discovery call and we talked about all kinds of different things. And boy, we packed so much into 30 minutes. Didn't we? <laughs> we did, uh, you know, and then um, it was that sort of thing. You helped, uh, you brought so much clarity mm. to just 30 minutes of, mm. of words and ideas that, you know, I spewed out there and you brought so much clarity to that, that I could not uh, deny what I needed to do any longer. I needed to go ahead. And then, you know, I came to Dream Accelerators in person and it just, again, more vivid, more um, sense that I really needed to pursue this and that I could pursue it. It was no longer, I was no longer seeing it as this impossible dream. <laughs> yeah. it, it was a real dream that I could do. Yeah. And plan steps for. Yeah. Um, it became so vivid that you could not deny it any longer. I love the way you said that. Yes, I could not deny it anymore. You longer. couldn't not do it anymore. Right. Or you would lose a part of yourself. You had to, you had to do this. I had to do this. And that's true. I couldn't. Yes. The, this part of me was getting bigger and bigger in my heart, my mind, my spirit, mm. everywhere. I just, and my husband was watching it. My boys were seeing this happen. Um, so I, I could not deny it anymore. I had to yeah. get on the path and start walking it. And then as you start walking it, um, there, there is, there is a, in the, in the Christian world, we believe that there is a foe. <laughs> there is an adversary that is trying to keep us from bringing what God wants to bring us, what he wants us to bring into the world from happening. And so he creates all kinds of barriers. And a lot of those are our own, our own stuff that we're bringing to the table. We are our worst enemies when we're pursuing our dream. And even if you don't follow Jesus or you, you don't believe in, uh, Christianity, um, you know that when you've tried to pursue something that you are passionate about and create it and bring it into the world, you got in your way sometimes. Doubt, discouragement, um, feeling like uh, you're an imposter. Like, who am I to write a book? That was a big one for me. I mean, I don't have this all figured out. Um, so what were the barriers or the obstacles, some of them that you faced, um, and maybe are facing even as you're continuing to do your work? Um, I'll be really, it's, it's, um, for me, it's some of its rejection, you know, because even when you reach out to another artist, you know, and you say, I'd like for you to partner with me on this. You're the person I think that would be right. You know, when they, mm -hmm. if they say no, that's, that's pretty tough, you know, because lots of times when we're the dreamer, we've already created this scenario in our mind about how mm -hmm. this person and their art is going to meld. Mm -hmm. Right. And suddenly yeah. you have to shift and redirect and change it. Right. Yep. It's not and affirmed. It's not it might not be affirmed the same way that we've had it affirmed in our own heads. That's right. And so that can be a little scary. And and then what happens is it shifts the way your your path. And for a while that was really hard for me. I had to realize that it wasn't ending the dream, it was just shifting it a little. And I had to mm. redesign it or refocus it, which actually 
makes me more creative Mm -hmm. to rethink it, reframe it, um, prayerful sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. because sometimes, okay, so now what do I do? How do I fix this? And I have to, you know, uh, seek God about it um, and see, you know, what, how he directs it, you know, because it's, uh, you know, the scriptures say he'll direct our path and how, where's, where's he shining the light now? Because I thought it was over here and maybe it's over here now. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> that's been a big one. And the other thing um, was just re- that, that honestly, what if notebooks sell at all? Right. Well, they already are selling, (laughs) but you do have that moment as a writer. What if nobody buys this? (laughs) No. And And just talked to a a gentleman that's been dragging his feet on producing his first his first album, music, acoustic album. And he's just no one's going to buy it. It's just keeping him completely stuck. No one's going to like it. No one's going to buy it. And once you realize that you're writing for yourself um, mm-hmm. and not just for an audience, even though you have an audience in mind, you, you have someone in mind as you're writing, but you're writing this for yourself. You're producing this music for yourself. That's the, those are the more real products anyway. Mm-hmm. So the more we can unhook the results from our work and just work, um, that's some of the greatest art. Some of the greatest artists of all time had no idea that they were going to be popular when, right. when they died. And it came later, right? So that's kind of depressing. <laughs> At some level, it's kind of depressing because we like to see the, the fruits of our labor, right? right. Um, so that's, that's, those are huge fears or barriers. In the Dream Accelerator, we talk about the five Ds. Uh, do you care to share since you've gone through the dream accelerator? Do you care to share with the audience what your primary D was your D word? It it shifts sometimes, but lots of times it was discouragement, you know, uh, and delay, but the discouragement is often what would make the delay (laughs) because I would get discouraged (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then it would cause this delay yeah, and then you don't want to go back at it because that yes. is going to happen again. Every so, time I try to take a step forward, there's something that unravels. Oh, my God. It doesn't work. Can you share some of those discouraging oh moments? Um, my most recent was, uh, you know, with formulating this poetry book, um, I needed a legal document that allows me to use photographs from other artists. Mm and uh, learning a piece of technology uh, to deliver that document because some of my folks are in Algeria, some of them are in India, two are in India and you know, uh, Turkey and all Italy, all over the world. So I had to figure out how to use a piece of software. Well, with every piece of technology and software, each platform has its own vocabulary that they think is perfectly clear, and it never is. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and so then I had to figure it out with multiple tries. I chose one of my people far away, and I said, let's send this back and forth several times, and let's 
troubleshoot it and and figure it out. And thankfully, he's a lot younger than I am, so technology is easy. And he just would chuckle at me and say, "You can do this." You know. You can do this. <laughs> yeah, and, but meanwhile, hours have passed. Hours and the delay, but you frustration, know, frustration mounts. Oh, frustration! Right? So much frustration because I would get mad thinking I should be able to do this. I'm a smart woman. <laughs> I have a doctorate degree. I should be able to yeah. do this. Yes. You should on yourselves and we shouldn't should on ourselves. Right. That's right. We do. I should be able to figure this out. I should. And, and yet I had to learn to step back and just laugh at myself a little and say, you know what, even if it's delayed, it will still get published. (laughs) And even if it's not according to my original plan, (laughs) it's already changed three times. It's still going to be published. I am still going to get this done. How do you do it talking yourself off the ledge? Do you do a good job of that? I'm getting better. Yeah. Uh, when I first started with Dream Accelerators, I was not very good at talking myself off the ledge. In fact, so there's been some training. <laughs> there's been some training there that has helped you yes. learn how to take uh, negative self-talk and reframe it. Reframe it, yes, because again, um, once it's reframed, even though I've maybe had to step over to a new path, I'm still moving forward. Yeah. And I will also say this, most of the time when I take the step anyway, when I don't know what the answer is, most of the time it's a positive answer and everything's okay. Mm -hmm. I've created a mess in my head that isn't real. But I won't know reality if I don't just take the step. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that's how we're our own worst enemy. Oh, my gosh. Yes. But- and that's why I say so often we need community. We, yes. we need other people to keep us moving forward, believing in us. Yeah. Um, I'm so grateful for that community. Yeah. And oh. you've been a part of that and a valuable part of that for others. But you've also benefited from being in that community. Um, in the Dream Accelerator, we meet every week. Mm-hmm. We get on a Zoom call and we talk about where we're stuck. We talk about our hangups and we get we get support from each other, not just from me, right? But from the group. Um, and it's it's amazing to not be alone. For me too. Yes. As I pursue my various adventures along the way, where it's still hard. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you know, we need each other. We do. And I know Thomas has been a great support to you, your husband. Very much so. Believing yeah. in you and uh believing in you when you don't, believe in yourself. Yes. Have there been any other sources of encouragement to keep you moving forward? Um, well, yes, my my two boys have. They've uh walked this walk with me the whole way. They've um read the book. They've read drafts of the book. Um, My niece, I have a niece that was actually my very first reader, and she read every single draft since then and helped me understand better how to uh, talk about horses and ranching and all of that because that's Mm. and but she gave me, you know, lots of really good tips on that. Um, uh, I have a friend in India who, honest to goodness, he'll send me a message every week to find out how things are going with every book that I'm working on and just 
just a very sweet message. And then, you know, uh, my friend in Algeria, he'll check on things too, and we keep up with each other. So I do have that wider support system as well. And um, it's it's been just a, a huge blessing. Even these people that I've never met in person, they've been a huge blessing to my life. This is the, these are the things when I say a whole new world of blessings open up when you pursue your dream that you never thought of, you know, that you never, you were just thinking about writing a book. Yep. And what's happened is you have grown in your community, mm -hmm. the ability to influence others and to receive their love and encouragement. You've grown as an individual and being able to take those moments of discouragement and turn them into fuel to move forward. There's so many things that will not happen if you don't pursue what's in front of you to pursue. If you just keep thinking about it and don't take action, you're going to miss a whole world of growth. Yeah. yeah. And I see it in you from the first time I met you to where you're at today, what you've accomplished and what you are accomplishing. Um, and to hear about these people all over the world that you didn't know then, it's really, really, really cool story. So who is the person that is going to benefit from your writing, whether it's this book or the book of poetry or the second book in the Remnant Chronicles or whatever it's going to be um, that you're going to do? Who is, who is going to benefit from from your work? Who's your who? My who is the person who just needs that gentle, you are loved to be whispered to their heart. Mm. And I think that person can be male or female, come in almost any age. Um, and I just want to be able to tell them, you know, that they're loved and they are seen and that God loves them. Mm. I'm writing that down. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah. my book isn't preachy, but you know, there there are elements that are there. Well, Amy, Amy read the first couple chapters last night and she said, Whoa, I can tell Rockland wrote this. <laughs> oh good. No, it's good, it's real, it's raw, it's approachable. Um real yeah. and raw are important to me. Yeah. 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 I like that you use that word. <laughs> but you, this, you are loved, you are seen. This was part of that dream back in 2-26-19, wasn't it? Oh, yes. That was the message that was given to you. You shared that with me. And you don't need to share that unless you want to here. But you shared that with me, that that was a specific message that you were given to share with a specific person. Yeah. That if... If, yeah. if the audience that is listening right now would know, if I said the name, they would be shocked. Yes, they would. <laughs> they would be shocked. And they would know the name. It's a famous name. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's really cool that that is being carried out in your who. You want to share with people who need to hear that they are loved and they're seen. Right. And there's, there's a place of joy. We can have a sense of presence in our lives. We can mm lives yeah and you know uh I, i'm also brought back to you know for for a dream don't don't despise a humble beginning remember it because it's a good mm -hmm. thing this is this is a humble beginning this is one book mm -hmm. uh, what i hope will be more um 
and it's been, uh, you know, joy, presence, and humility, and and yes, you're loved. Somebody sees you. Those are so. Just- I usually ask this, and I think you already answered it, but maybe maybe there's something else you want to share for that person who's got an idea that they've been overthinking about maybe since 2015 mm-hmm. or 1999, but yeah. haven't really pursued it and they've just shelved it. They just pushed it aside. What would you like to share with them? Oh, if you were listening, um, let uh, contact Jeff and let's get some clarity mm. us and let us help bring this dream into fruition because your dream is important. Mm. I love that. Love you and we want your dream. <laughs> mm, I love that you said us. I love that you are a part of our community and you have seen the benefit and we want to help the world unleash their voice one person at a time. So mm-hmm. awesome. I am so grateful that I met you. Um, I don't know if you know this, but d- the discovery call that morning, we were on, we were on vacation. And I did that discovery call from some awful hotel room up in northern Wisconsin, and I almost missed it. (laughs) I almost missed it because I didn't check my calendar on vacation, right? Mm -hmm. And I am so grateful that we had that conversation. I'm so grateful for our time together. Um, it's It's been an awesome ride, and I love being in your corner. And uh, keep up the good work. How can people get a hold of you or find out more about what you're writing? Um, I have a website, rocklandgrace.com. Um, on Instagram, Rockland Grace Remnant Writer. Rockland Grace Remnant Writer. That's Instagram, also Facebook. You can follow me there. Yeah. Click follow, click friends, and and let's start talking. Let's talk about, you know dreams and and how how i can support and mm. books let's talk about books yeah <laughs> books and writing and maybe you're sitting there and have been looking for a partner somehow and maybe there's a project with uh, rockland in the future yes i would love to the thought of the thought for me of writing something uh fiction scares the life out of me i've authored two books both non-fiction but Maybe there's a partnership, right? Maybe there's a partnership to to get a message across with a story. Yes. Maybe. Awesome. I am so proud of you. And um, thank you for taking the time to jump on this podcast. I hope it's encouraging to you, the listener. And uh, make sure to reach out to Rockland if you're inspired by her story. If you want to find out more about what she's up to, uh, reach out in the places she told you to do it. Thank you so much, Rockland, for being with us today. You're very welcome. Thank you. Hey, fellow dreamer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all of the show notes and links. And when you're ready to move from overthinking about your dream to actually taking action on it, consider joining the Dream Accelerator community. Our clients are getting crystal clear on their dream with our Dream Generator Vivid Description 5-Step Process. They're discovering the truth about fear and how to use it as fuel to take courageous steps in the right direction. And most importantly, they are walking a clear path forward because they have made an investment in themselves to confidently realize their dreams. 
the results are so inspiring. Having coaching and companions on the dream journey is crucial. Remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.